The Tights and Fights podcast, for over six years, a revolutionary force in sports and entertainment. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Die Talky Die, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, <laughs> the most electrifying Dan and all of entertainment, Danielle Radford. <laughs> I also used to love tequila. I get it, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> You're the same. We are the same, you and I. <laughs> we are the same. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and our special guest is writer Latoya Ferguson set Powerbomb. Welcome back. Hello. It's been a long, long time, my friends. It has. We got you back. And you were telling us off air, I'm going to blow up your spot, that you were watching, you watched what can only be described as a copious amount of AEW. What are your watching patterns like right now? WWE and AEW Weekly uh, get behind because I am a good daughter who watches them with her mother. And my mother lives two doors down. So when she feels inclined to come over to my apartment, we watch with our dog, Dahlia. So. Oh, this are, it's, it's like it's like hacks. You, like your mom comes over and you watch AEW. Yeah. Rest in peace, hacks. You were a great. You were a great show. Wait, is hacks canceled now? I just but assume there, it's on HBO. Yeah, there is going to be at least a third season. <laughs> I can tell you that. Good. I was like, Thank are you breaking news here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really? Welcome to the preeminent Hacks podcast. Yeah, do that. Look. Um, try, we are woefully behind on Ring of Honor, but that's because Ring of Honor, because it's not on TV, Tony Khan's like, let's, he doesn't understand time management. So he's like, we'll put on 15 matches. So I have to fast forward through like 10 of them to see the women's matches mm-hmm. and whatever fun stuff Stokely is doing there. Because I'm like, I need to see what's happening with Athena and the minions, obviously. So we're behind right. on that, but want to catch up, especially because of the women's TV title tournament. And also New Japan. We like we just watched like the last four matches of uh, the last New Japan show, basically. Kind of had to see Osprey's farewell. As uh, my mother tells uh, Dahlia, our dog, that's your, that's your brother, Will Osprey. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dahlia like, looks at her like, do you love him more than you love me? <laughs> and the answer is maybe. <laughs> Speaking of Japan and AEW... Uh, reported Kazuchika Okada signing with AEW. There was a lot of internal Latoya in our group chat, whether he might go to WWE, to which I responded pretty regularly. Right, Danielle? He's headed to the toy box. He's going to Tony's toy box. You guys are trying to get me uh, in trouble with wrestling fans, aren't you? By saying the things I say at home. (laughs) Wrestling fans aren't listening. (laughs) This is just for us. (laughs) This is a safe space. No one is listening, I promise. I do actually, because I I wish it would have been WWE just because it would have been a challenge and I would have been interested to see how that challenge would go, you know? Yeah. That's a really good point. The guy can do whatever he wants. Anybody can do whatever they want and sign wherever they want. But I think there's truth to that. There's something that like has been nagging at the back of my brain that I couldn't quite put my finger on until you said that, that it would have been a challenge. I think there is a – on the one side, it's those are all my buddies. I want to go work with my buddies. Mm. On the other side, it's it's real safe to go work with my buddies. I know exactly the match I'm going to have with everybody there. 
it'll be real good. It's not that it's going to be bad. It'll be real good, but there's no there's no challenge to it. Of course, coming to WWE, there's that idea of they have not handled uh, Japanese stars particularly well at all. But that is sort of the scarier choice. It's like higher risk, higher reward. Don't yeah, you think? Yeah, it's a challenge for both him and WWE to see how they would have presented him. You think we'll ever get it? Maybe. You think this is it? There's always a chance, but who knows? I'm not looking forward to when Okada eventually gets injured by Sammy Guevara. So, <laughs> oof. <laughs> I'll say that again on, on mic. <laughs> Let me take out my sage. I got a sage so that we don't, <laughs> so that we can make Okada okay. Yeah, I, you know, like I'm obviously excited for Okada on my screen in doing new things with new people. I do feel like I've seen a lot of the matches that he's already, that he would be doing in AEW. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that already, which was my major thing for wanting him to come to WWE. But also there is a lot to be said for I am going to go kick it with my people and get paid very well to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more about things that are happening. Of course, we're on the road to WrestleMania. That's that is the big news. Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns made official by Triple H. Seth comes out and says he will be Cody's shield. Get it at WrestleMania. I got to tell you, it feels like this would be a logical place for Cody to win the title. Like there may not be a hotter time for him to do it. Like, screw him over at SummerSlam, sure, that he comes back around. He got screwed over last year. It w- it wasn't the right time. This feels like the right time, and yet it feels like everything they're lining up is for him to not win. It's for Seth to turn on him. Like, just unstoppable wave of opposition that will keep him from getting the title and maybe make him more sympathetic. But, I like, how many more chances do you get to... To not pull the trigger on this, you know? I, it's like with everything that happened and all the kerfluffle, it's one of those things where it's like, I see why you have him extended again, the Hogan of it all, the record of it all or whatever. But it's also like, man, if he loses, I don't know what you do. Like they have painted themselves into such a corner. I don't know. What do you think, Ferks? I would actually laugh if Roman beat Cody again. And I was going to say even before (laughs) Hal suggested it, because it does seem like Cody is going to be like a video game story mode and like collect allies. Like Seth is his first ally. Sammy's probably going to be his ally (laughs) too, you know, just collecting allies as as he goes to counteract until, you know, Seth kicks him in the dick. Uh, (laughs) Because... I have, I'm in this place where, and this has kind of always been the case with Cody since, like, I think since he became a W exec man, like, I, I both like Cody and find him to be, like, the goofiest person alive. <laughs> I just think, because I remember that it, it was during the Brock feed where he, like, told that the parable of the scorpion and the frog, and people were losing their minds, and I'm like, oh, no. Cody is like what dumb people think is smart, basically. And I mean, I like him, but also there's that part of it. So I would laugh mm-hmm. hysterically if Roman beat him again. But also I am invested in him finishing the story, too. So I would I would love to see it actually happen. But he could cry some more, too. <laughs> see, this is the thing, because this version of WWE Cody is so incredibly hard on his sleeve sincere that now when they kick him, it's like, a, obviously, like, everybody watching is like, okay, he's had enough. Like, you can stop kicking this dude. Like, please let him win, like, after everything that's happened for him to come back. And on the other hand, it just becomes, like, a farce where yeah. it's, like, this very, again, genuine, open-hearted man comes to WWE and just re- repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly gets kicked. That is funny. Yeah. 
in that way that like I will never stop making fun of finish the story. Yeah. I will never stop making fun of it sure. because you set something like that up and then never pay it off. It's like, yeah, that's Cody's. This is Cody's legacy is to be the forever chasing Uber over super sincere actually means take your vitamin and say your prayers, baby face. And just repeatedly gets knocked on his ass. It's Charlie Brown and the football is what's happening with him, which is why it'd be yes. so funny yes. if Roman won again. <laughs> <laughs> Dakota Kai has returned. Mm. My favorite thing that she's ever said with her accent. Were you garsting me? <laughs> Were you trying to garst me? <laughs> Seemingly aligned with Bailey. There's a great clip from uh, behind the scenes of them walking down the hallway together and Bailey walking behind her. Because mm, she's yeah. too smart to be jumped. Yeah. Mm. Which is hilarious. But also, like, if I gave you the book, Latoya, would you keep Dakota as an ally or do the predictable, she's the higher power? I think that that probably would I've be. been saying uh, keep her, I guess, the higher power. I mean, when Michael Cole started calling her the leader of damage control, like, that, my eyebrows went up when that started happening because, like, mm. I'm like, yeah, I, I know. Because I think it's actually best for Dakota for her to con- continue to be heel or do that, the quote-unquote heel turn on Bailey because I think right. still, the, uh, the like, the live audiences and just crowd in general haven't really taken to Dakota one way or another. And I think if she's versus Bailey as a heel... That is giving gives them something to latch onto, character wise, with with her. That way, when she eventually does finally turn face, they'll care about her when it happens. That's true. Because I think if she's just face now, she's just Bailey's sidekick. It does fit her narrative. I mean, that's the one thing she has done reliably over and over again: is turn on someone and be a heel. And she was right every single time. So she'll be right when she turns <laughs> on Bailey. <laughs> Tegan was a terrible friend, and her leg deserved that. Yep. <laughs> Oh, I, I vehemently oh, no. believe this. Damn. Um. Look. I mean. Wow. Look. Nothing but honesty in this Zoom. You've zer- yeah. you you have joined the Zoom of trust. I am. Thank you. You can watch back the footage. Look at what Tegan was doing while Dakota was suffering on NXT. She had to hang out with the cool mean girls, and Dakota has like had enough. And I understand that. <laughs> Lock her to the face. <laughs> <laughs> Still a great mention, but no, you're right, because when you think of, like, Dakota as a face, there's not a whole bunch there yet that you could do if she goes heel and then you can turn her back face at any time. Very, very astute, very astute observation. That's what I do. That is what you do. That is true. You're the smart one. I'm just here to crack these jokes. (laughs) Let's make some observations about the tag division. Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne are going to be taking on the Judgment Day for their titles. It also feels like at the same time they're keeping the rest of the division simmering. They're all still kind of mm. facing one another. They're all still there and present. They're really building up uh, the teams, especially SmackDown 2, actually, because, you know, you don't just have uh, Pete Dune and Tyler Bate. You do have Pretty Deadly. <laughs> uh, and Street Profits <laughs> are there still, technically. Uh, <laughs> Raw's doing much better in building the tag teams. Uh because I keep seeing it around, like, because especially just in general with Triple H kind of quote unquote in charge, there's been a like, and now they're pull the trigger and separate the titles. And now they'll pull the trigger and separate the titles. <laughs> like, right. I feel like at least, I mean, yeah, you kind of have to because you do have viable uh, tag team champions on both brands now. I think at a certain point you have to either <laughs> either pull the trigger and separate the, separate, uh, the titles or rejoin the brands. You can have one set of tag titles you can have a u.s and intercontinental division you can have a one women's champion and one women's tag team champion and get a lot more 
I think you get a lot more steam out of it. I don't think they'll do it. No, there's no not way they'll with do the, it. Not with the with the uh, the Netflix move. There's no way the Netflix yeah, yeah. move. We're staying. So I think they they have to separate them. Like, please do. And when you put the brands together, the singles titles, like the main event singles titles, like the women and like uh, the world heavyweight or whatever, that always kind of suffers because there are people who probably should deserve the title who won't ever get a whiff because of you know prestige and stuff. It's like uh, back in the day. Uh, when it was, you know, WWE and, and World Heavyweight, like the World Heavyweight on SmackDown, which is what Brian won when he cashed the money in the bank because that was the lower one. Before yeah. Cody left, especially like during dashing Cody Rhodes and like disfigured Cody Rhodes, it's like, you got to let him win the World Heavyweight title, right? And they still <laughs> didn't, which is, I, I still find baffling. He was great there, but obviously, you know, he's gotten better in a sense doing different things. Yeah, and that is a that is a real good point. Actually, another thing, They've. I. I feel. I've never been a a pro brand split person. I yeah. thought it was. I think I'm the one pro brand split person there isn't. But I, I always come with well, receipts. Yeah, oh, I love well, it. I no, love it. It's I, just it, I've been doing this with him since like 2016. I already know. Yeah. What I'm gonna say about the brand split. The, you the, don't like the it. initial brand split. I couldn't stand. I thought it was handled terribly. Yeah. What I like about what they're doing now is that the brands feel separate from one another, which is way yes. better. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see somebody from raw show up on smackdown every week i don't want to see somebody on smackdown show up on raw every week putting them in qualifying matches for the elimination chamber as a means of crossing them over yeah totally fine that makes sense yeah now when they they cross over it makes sense basically exactly so so again everything under everything under the triple h creative regime is just better i can't think of anything that was better under vince not a single thing at all it was better for Riddick Moss, I guess. It was way better for Riddick Moss. <laughs> Not Nathan really, because even had he a ended up off TV too. So. Yeah. yeah. There. <laughs> Would we have Heidenreich in in a Triple H run? <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Probably. This not. is the second time someone has made me think of Heidenreich in a ye- in like two months. Was, was it Hal both times? <laughs> it was me both times. <laughs> Probably. <Yeah. laughs> he did a he did a senton. Remember. No. no, I remember oh, nothing no, about Hyden Reich actually wrestling. Kennedy did it. Yeah, he did the Kenton bomb. I forgot. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> they were the same person to me, Hyden Reich and Kennedy did it, and he and was Kennedy. like too thick to be doing it, but he kept doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Thick <laughs> benign Hyden Reich. That's not a sentence. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh... <laughs> See Kennedy the... German. I did it. My brain. <laughs> Speaking of the elimination chamber, we have Drew McIntyre has qualified, right? Uh, L.A. Knight has qualified. And yeah. Is that it? Is it yes, just the L.A. Two Knight qualified because A.J. for some reason didn't try to interfere and stop him. By the way, that I know I, I'm not going to put it over so we can talk about it now. The trickling. Oh, Bobby Lashley also qualified. Thank you. So, so we have three Bob of the Bob Lashley. Bob. Good old Bob. Uh, <laughs> L.A. Knight tipping over the water bottle so it trickled on A.J.'s head was hilarious. <laughs> I feel like anybody else would just take it and, and spill it and then throw it at their head. Mm-hmm. But the way he does... He's a little scamp. He's, he's such a great little things guy. Yeah. And that was a great little thing. That's what happens when you're a former TNA world champion. That's right. He brings cred with him. He knows. So far, I mean, all everybody that's going in... And I don't really... Elimination Chamber is not my jam. I enjoyed, like... I've enjoyed... I enjoyed, like, the women's... <laughs> chamber the last few ones more than i have the men's but i drew right now is doing some of the finest work of his career Uh, dm hunk i just yeah you know it's 
Because I was genuinely one of those people where he was doing so well and obviously Clash at the Castle did fantastic. And then, you know, all the stuff with Cody and Cody's getting like these big spots and it felt like Drew McIntyre was kind of, you know, on his way to getting in that area and CM Punk comes back and it's like, oh, sorry, buddy, sorry for you. He has taken every little story opportunity to make himself into something and insert himself into a story and has done it. All of his socials have been great. He's been doing like the, oh, Danielle, he's been doing the opposite of what I always laugh at Rikishi for doing, where every time something happens on TV, Rikishi's got to get to Twitter and be like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't know how I feel about that. I got to call someone. It's like, no, you don't, because you don't work for that fucking company. Like, (laughs) you're gotta, you not going to force yourself in this. I mean, yes, thank you for providing providing Rock with the family tree already on your website so he could just go and, like, have his people professionally redo it. We know that that probably came from you. Thank you very much, Rikishi. But in this, it's like he, Drew McIntyre has done such a great bit of, keeping himself relevant to the point where it's like it reverberates and you can see it happening on the show as well as happen like keeping the conversation going on social media. And I never, I guess I never really thought that Drew McIntyre was going to be the guy that I look forward to on social media the most, but he's one of them now. He's up there with a Rhea Ripley for me. Like Drew tweets, I'm looking. <laughs> it's actually not a bit what I, I will say. Drew, again, another former TNA champion. I do keep <laughs> kind of pointing it out because they're, they're doing the work right now, including Nick Aldis. And I will just add, I do also watch TNA every week still. Uh, that's in my, my viewing because I, I do appreciate and love TNA for the good and the bad, unfortunately. Always done great with the women and the women are super good right now. I feel like TNA every couple years has like this resurgence of mm. people paying attention to what they're doing. And right now they're they're in the pockets. I've been watching a lot of TNA right now too. Another former TNA champion is doing great work in WWE is Ron Killings. That Let's is not what's forget up. early, yes. early. That is what is up. It's like 2001, 2002, right? That mm-hmm. he had the belt. Look at that. Every time he, he channels his uh, childhood hero, John Cena, I think about when he did the, the diss rap on Cena because <laughs> he was hyping up oh. TNA on Spike TV. <laughs> so good. He said John oh Cena's God. the first on his list. He's going to tell us about that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what was the show that Drew McIntyre retweeted? And said, "I I dream. I prayed that you would uh, you would be canceled after three seasons. Oh, Walking Dead would be canceled oh, yes, after season yes. Walking Dead. <laughs> Good lord, you just can't get like you can't. This was the Drew McIntyre like just with this is a little bit more sass, but this is like the Drew McIntyre we got when he came back. Yes, when he came back and hit the main roster, and he was yes. doing stuff with Dolph Ziggler." which was outstanding. This is also kind of what he was doing like when he was in Evolve, like him and EC3 were being mm. little bitches who had been on TV. So like this is what he was doing basically too. Yeah. And now he has a sword. Big well, sword. Does, he, well, does he have the sword anymore? Because he hasn't brought the sword out lately. I, I just assume. Because yeah. that's Vince's sword. Babyface has the Claymore. The the, the heel's not going to give you the Claymore. You want the Claymore, you're not getting the Claymore. Well, but the heel's also giving me snarky CW memes. Exactly. Remember, he's still, like, he's doing this for us. He's doing this for the fans. That's why he still goes three, two, one before he hits it. Yep. He's for the people. We just don't understand. (laughs) He did it for the people. He did it for the rock. It is the opposite of Rikishi. (laughs) He is the opposite of Rikishi. It is now time to give one quarter of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to rock. I'm all 
anal bleeding. Whoa! Yeah! Get a life, kid. Rhymes with shit. Holy shit! WWE. I love Kate. Look at this face! And a hard fight victory. Live, pal. What? <laughs> there's a new. There's a new scream in there. That's so good. Yeah, I've, this sweet release. After a chaotic week deciding the main event of WrestleMania 40, not only does Cody have his match back, but for the first time in over a decade, The Rock is officially a heel. Now, LaToya was actually involved in WWE Evil, which was a series that took a look back on the bad guys in wrestling. So what better person to talk about Rocky's return to the dark side and where he stacks up, not only with the villains of the past, but against the prior heel versions of The Rock. How did you get involved in WWE Evil? I think actually it was David Bixon's band who recommended me. I'd been doing some talking heads in general. Uh, I did uh, a talking head for CNN's History of the Sitcom. So, you know, they know me out in these TV streets. Uh, I got I got the cred. <laughs> you know, you know how it how it is. We got the cred. Sure. Sure. <laughs> this was literally in 2020 and it was super masked up and everything and they like I was lucky enough to like they gave me a ride back and forth and it's just like as as safe as humanly possible basically doing all this. Let's start with The Rock. Let's start with The Rock as a heel. Yes. So we had the original return uh, from the Die Rocky Die chance when, when he was the blue chipper. He returns as the leader. He returns as a member of the Nation of Domination yes. then later becomes its leader. Die Rocky Die. That's the gratitude I get from you pieces of crap for all my blood, my sweat and my tears. You know, hey, this isn't about the color of my skin. This is about respect. Then he turns face for a while. Then he becomes the corporate champion, turning as part of the deadly game tournament for the world title. The Rock never sold out. The Rock just got ahead. Now, will some of you call The Rock a kiss ass? Finally, his last heel run before this was Hollywood Rock, after he had left to do the Scorpion King and came back briefly. Oh, well, hell yeah! Yeah, The Rock is going to fly out tonight. What do you think, The Rock is going to spend one more night surrounded by all these hicks? No, no, wait, hold on. No, 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 no. Feuded with the Hurricane and finally got his WrestleMania win over over Steve Austin. Which WrestleMania was that? That was WrestleMania... Just out of curiosity. Uh, WrestleMania 19, I think? Where was that? Was that in... Oh, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, was it? I feel like it was. I think... Was it... I don't know. Were you there? Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was there for that. That's right. I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's in Seattle. It was at... T-Mobile Park in Seattle, 19. T-Mobile Park. My goodness. Oh, God, uh, what was it back then? I don't even remember what the name of it was back then. Probably Safeco. Which of, the, of those heel runs before, not even not even including the, the current run that he's on, which we haven't really seen fully take shape yet, which of those stands out the most to you, Latoya? Uh, it's interesting because Nation of Domination 
like what it was when I was you know a very very young child. So that's like you know early rock because I, I like just from childhood memories I have no memories of Rocky Maivio at all. <laughs> I have like memories of Nation Rock, but no like I think it's they like who is this boring guy? <laughs> me, me little kid staring at the TV. Let's get to something fun. I'm plopped in front of the TV because like I'm a like a latchkey kid and my parents are working. So I'm just sitting in front of the TV waiting. So nation is like, like the earliest memories I have corporate rock. I think like that's the rock where, you know, when you're getting in trouble at school and you're, cause you're saying suck it. Like that's the rock that was prominent. And like Hollywood rock is just, I think maybe Hollywood rock is the best because I think when you think of the rocks persona in general, you kind of think of Hollywood rock mm. really. Like, his greatest heel turn is as Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think the Hollywood Rock was probably the it was probably the purest heel turn. He had a reason to be a heel when he joined the Nation of Domination because they had chanted, die, Rocky, die. And mm-hmm. you don't like me, I don't like yes, you. Yes, because as we all know, the Nation should actually be faces. They right. were right all right along. along. And yes, Ahmed Johnson was a wannabe right. white man. A hundred percent. Then, But uh, Hollywood Rock was great because it used something that people were actually kind of upset about. That he has become a sellout, mm-hmm. that he has left for Hollywood. Yeah. And he, he used that. I think it was like the first time, even as the corporate rock, clearly he's a heel, but he's such it's, a cool heel. It's a meta take on kayfabe. Yeah. It's kind of actually ahead of its time, really. And it's like Hollywood rock do it via satellite is like 100 t- times greater than like the rock coming back for once and twice in a lifetime, like bringing it live via so- satellite, basically. Yes. Now we have this, what maybe I, this feels like it has the potential to be his best pure heel run he's ever had because it it really takes advantage of this new world kayfabe where it doesn't come out of we believe the storyline it comes out of we don't really know what's going on there's confusion around Mm -hmm. well the stories that we're hearing are that the rock inserted himself into wrestlemania to save it the, those are the backstage reports. How he was going to save the DC. Exactly. Yes, yes. He's the mm-hmm. Black Adam of WrestleMania. He's coming back. And how he was going to save the Fast and the Furious yes. universe. Look, the hierarchy of the WWE has changed, which that's actually true this time. Yeah, and the Rampage universe. <laughs> any of the bla- any of the brown khaki universes. Like any, any of the the Rock is in the jungle. The jungle yes. Cruise yes. universe. Yeah, yes. the Cruiseverse. Absolutely. He's, he's saving everything. He came to save the XFL. <laughs> he's really like just... A savior yes. complex. There is something to him. His heel work really started on the Pat McAfee show mm-hmm. when he brings up the Cody crybaby. Yeah. So when he when he's already trotted this out, the clip goes viral because mm-hmm. of course it does. And the mm-hmm. company is manipulating social media in a very smart way. I will still go on record saying this was the clumsiest way to get to this point. Mm-hmm. There are a million different ways you could have gotten yeah. here way better. And still been in this exact point. But I think that uh, it's fascinating to see this version play out because the goal really is for everybody. Not well, it's not for everybody to hate him. The people who love he's almost like become like the Donald Trump of WWE, right? He's got people who love him. And those are the only people that will follow him because he's he's going to lose everybody else by being a jerk off. And inserting himself and being entitled and. And uh, and doing what nobody wants him to do, but doing it anyway, because he's a big star and he says so. Right. Well, yeah, because he's been clanging and banging since <laughs> 2 a.m. or whatever. And he eating his cod and drinking his Terramana, which is the diet you have to get the body. Yeah. True story. 
Him saying even something like Cody Crybabies, which is such a rock throwback kind of insult, mm-hmm. the kind of insult that would have worked and done and been great for him and people would have cheered mm-hmm. it in the 90s. And now it just reads as like corny as fucking out of touch, which is also how this heel version of The Rock is feeling anyway so then it becomes one of those things is like well is that actually Dwayne being like Cody Crybabies would have killed it for me in 1998 or is this being like hey like this wouldn't work today so let's use it and use that as a way to show that I'm like out of touch and I don't get what's going on and what the people actually want I'm doing what The Rock wants because as soon as I heard Cody Crybabies I was like this is the fucking corniest shit I've ever heard Uh and then I had to be like okay but this might be It might be corny and awful on purpose. Yeah, I think that once we got to the Pat McAfee show, that's when the pivot was. Oh, yeah, for sure. What they're doing with this heel version of The Rock is they're basically leaning into him being as corny as we all kind of feel he is at this point. So it's yeah, it's it's Dwayne being more self-aware than anyone expects him to be at this point. Because right I expect now. zero. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he he seems to have lost any sense of self-awareness now. And maybe he doesn't even have it, but <laughs> everyone writing it has that awareness. So they can be like, yeah, say this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you yeah. want to try saying yeah. suffering, 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 succotash? <laughs> that's still to me. See, Roman was right. It's hard. <laughs> it is hard. Not to uh, toot my own hornsies, but I did fail out of a college that tried to teach me how to uh, say things like suffering succotash four times fast Uh but also it is one of those things where it's when roman was at his worst it was because they they were having him do the rock promos at a time when the rock stuff wouldn't have worked for the rock suffering succotash was like very clearly the rock being like hey little cousin i got you say this it'll kill and he gets up there and everyone's like what the fuck are you doing take out them contacts um (laughs) so like remember blue eyed and now at this point like (laughs) You can't even find Looney Tunes anywhere, so a child doesn't know what that <laughs> yeah, is. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I really did have to think about it uh, uh, in terms of, because it is, and I think that leaning into The Rock is powerful. He is now on the board, but also he is like the old school. And I feel as though this is really the first time that at least in like WWE on like on the screen, we're really seeing anyone really be presented in a way where it was like you were, we were literally all around when you were like the hottest shit in the entire world. And, and so many of us fell in love with this sport when that was, mm-hmm. when you were at the top of the world and we've all watched now you kind of become really huge in one way, but still kind of old and corny and other ones and it does feel weird for WWE to be like, yes, there is a passage of time. This isn't The Simpsons where Bart is still yeah. 10 years old or whatever. Like people do grow and change. And, and this is a story where we can watch someone be the coolest, hippest thing in the world. This is a story that like movies and TV shows tell all the time, but you never really get to see that in wrestling. And so if they really mm-hmm. kind of lean into that as well, I think that's a really interesting you know, WWE deals with the passage of time and yeah, then now forever, <laughs> then now forever. And but very often when WWE reaches back into its history, it's a history that a lot of folks were not alive or not watching to have known. Yeah, it's basically cause like you said, we all were like growing up during that era, you know, where The Rock was the coolest and biggest thing in the world. But so many people watching WWE today because there's like so many kids, especially now you see in the crowd like. They just, and Becky even said it on Raw, they know The Rock as Maui from Moana. 
that's they, that's what right. they know. They don't know that he's like the goat or like that he's so legendary. They don't know that. So they just know that like this actor guy who you know they don't even see really usually in the things they like to hear his voice. He's taking Cody's spot, and Cody's their hero. Cody is the cool, like the coolest one. Cody's the one that when you're playing wrestling with your friends, you're like, "I'm Cody," you or "I'm be- the kid that I want to hold Cody's weight belt." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes, like that is like Cody. Oh, he's the one where it's like, "Hey, Brett," and like Brett gives you the glasses. Like it's like, "Hey, Cody," and then Cody lets yeah. you hold the yeah. weight belt during the match. Like that is what that is for children. I'm Cody. You can be Tazawa. <laughs> <laughs> when you're the asshole friend. <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing that Tazawa is actually really cool and good too, kids. Yeah, yeah he fucking rips. <laughs> Learn your history. Yeah. We are going to get Roman versus The Rock at some point, presumably. And it seemed like initially that that would be the the final end of the Bloodline story. As the Rock comes in, he's like the last one to sort of defeat Roman. Not for the title, but just the one prominent family member who hasn't been involved that everybody was talking about. But the way it's going now, it could presumably be a heel rock versus a face roman reigns does that do anything for you or do you think that roman needs to be the heel in a match between the two of them i see the rock insinuating himself into the the cody roman match i see that and then with that cody will win and we don't have to laugh (laughs) (laughs) but also you have rock and roman throwing the blame of who you know is the reason they lost basically I think it'd be interesting to see Rock as uh, the heel, especially if you have Jimmy and Solo following him around, you know, Mm. and possibly even Paul Heyman, too. I'm not going to lie. In my brain, the way that I would love to see it is that, like, I want Roman to be the heel when The Rock first, like, humiliates the shit out of him. And that's where it becomes his face turn. And he's got to redeem himself after having been humiliated by The Rock and all his cousins. Like Roman thinking he's still in charge yes. and then he gets the beatdown of a lifetime. Yes. I want him to Caesar that man. I want a, a match where everybody who's ever been done wrong by them is surrounding them at the ring. Solo? <laughs> no, that, it, you are exactly right. That is exactly what I want because I am Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth Branagh directs. Yeah. Kenneth, oh, now you're speaking my language. Come on. Oh, I'm always here talking about Kenny Bronze. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kenny Bronze. If you'll do an MCU, you'll do a WrestleMania. Talk to Herner Verzog. <laughs> yes. Or Werner can do it. That's cool. I'm good with that. <laughs> I would yeah, be interested to see what that looks like. I don't know what it would be. I, I only know that I want it. <laughs> I, I got to write uh, a wrestling feature to try to get Kenny Bronze, actually. There you go. I think you could. If you have any thoughts about Heel Rocky, let us know about them on all of the socials. And hey, Blue Sky is open to the public now, so you can just join it and find us there. When we come back, we've got three things from wrestling you should know about. That's next on Tights and Fights. My name's Doug Duguay, and I'm here to talk about my podcast in the middle of the one you're listening to. It's called Valley Heat, and it's about my neighborhood, the Burbank Rancho Equestrian District, the center of the world when it comes to foosball, frisbee golf, and high-speed freeway roller skating. And there's been a Jaguar parked outside on my curb for 10 months. I have no idea who owns it. I have a feeling it's related to the drug drop that was happening in my garbage can a little over a year ago. And if this has been a boring commercial, imagine 45 minutes of it. Okay, Valley Heat, it's on every month on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. 
Check it out, but honestly, skip it. These are the These Chronicles, are the Chronicles of the Rancho Equestrian District, 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 Hello, sleepyheads. Sleeping with Celebrities is your podcast pillow pal. We talk to remarkable people about unremarkable topics, all to help you slow down your brain and drift off to sleep. For instance, we have the remarkable Neil Gaiman. I'd always had a vague interest in live culture, food preparation. Sleeping with Celebrities, hosted by me, John Moe, on MaximumFun.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Night night. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland and I'm joined by Danielle Radford. And what's William Ferguson? Now we're going to share some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Watch my three count. Latoya, you're our guest. What would you like to put over? I am putting over uh, on AEW and I guess Ring of Honor Wrestling, Queen Amanada. She has become a a favorite in my household, basically. It's like the opposite of watching because when you know when Sky Blue was essentially jobbing, like you could see she was improving. But, like, she was not always at the level she is now. Whereas Queen Amanada, you watch her, is like, she's great already. <laughs> she can only get better, but she's already great. And just seeing her beat the shit out of, like, <laughs> upper-level women's wrestlers in AEW, it's like, when she finally wins a match on, on the main show, it's going to, like, hit like crack. So I'm just letting everyone know, watch out for Queen Amanada. Besides the fact that she strikes like a motherfucker like her personality in the ring is so good she's always just doing like sassy comments where she's like hey give me a second it's just it's it's just good stuff and it's she's got the like the physical charisma you want in like a future star too so keep your eyes on queen amanada i gotta say also african pride (laughs) danielle what do you want to put over i want to put over i i know this is crazy this is a shock i'm gonna put over something rhea ripley did i know i know it's wild no so rhea i (laughs) nar first of all yes definitely go check out her exchange which is uh hilarious between her and zelina and i didn't realize that both of them are like partners or in the house of black so i just thought it was really funny uh rhea did a interview with a chap named mark Ramondi. Where he asked her recently about, because, you know, we all make fun of Buddy, poor Buddy. Uh, We're all still going to do it, but we do it. Uh, He asked her about when Max Caster did that rap where he referenced her and Dom. And I get it. She's very like, you know, she she doesn't like it. She doesn't like the little jokes and the jabs. It's very apparent. But so she talks a little bit about that. And here we go. No, I wasn't expecting it. That's why I tweeted about it. I was like, yo, Dom, we're over in two companies. Um, and I don't think Matt was expecting it either because he didn't even react to it. He wasn't really listening too much. Um, but watching it back and getting tagged in things afterwards, that's where he was like, oh, I didn't realize that's what he said. Um, but I mean, it's good for me. It's good for Dom. At the end of the day, it got us like trending on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it these days. It got us trending. And if that's what you want to do in your match, get two other people in the opposite promotion that you are battling with trending, then 
I feel like you did the wrong job because you put us over instead of yourselves. It reminded me of, you know, Darby Allen brought up like not by name, but he kind of alluded to Cody and then got some Cody chants against the Bucks. And so, again, I know that AEW is a thing they do where they're always like referencing WWE and making different references. But I think that you definitely have to uh, you want to be careful because you can't control what the crowd is going to do. And I think especially when Punk tried to do the opposite on WWE, which I also and the crowd also found to be quite whack, quite whack. Imagine there's like an H after the W and whack, just quite mm-hmm. whack. Um, so I don't like it really when anybody does it, but I just thought that her perspective on it was interesting. But also, yeah, Rhea, nobody totally saw it. We saw his face, babe. Yeah, so again, it's just, it, it's not it's not my favorite thing. I don't think that that necessarily works for folks. I'm hoping that maybe now that that's happened, we'll get less of that because I would much rather y'all um, do promos based on what's happening like in your promotion than do the kind of, I know it gets headlines, it gets the people talking, it gets us going, but it's not my personal favorite thing. So anyway, there we go. You know, I'm a podcast host. Of course I look at social media and find trends and then talk about them when I'm putting things over. <laughs> Uh, if you've been following this trend, I think it's done now. I think the Judgment Day shut it down with the funniest possible version of it. Here it is. I'm in the Judgment Day. Of course I've done hard time. I'm in the Judgment Day. Of course I'm going to interrupt the opening of Raw. I'm in the Judgment Day. I'm in the Judgment Day. Of course I send your shit to custom <laughs> I'm in the, ju- I mean, I'm in the Judgment Day. Of course I go a little heavy on the eyeliner. I'm in the Judgment Day. So of course... Are you really... I'm in the judgment day. Of course. Live, laugh, and die. Never old. Never old. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Daniel Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin. Thank you, LaToya, for joining us. Tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me uh, on Twitter. I refuse to call it X. uh, And Blueski at LaFergs. L-A-F-E-R-G-S. Um, from there, you can find what I'm working on with TV criticism. I think I'm going to start writing more for the Daily Beast, so look out for that. Uh, I've been writing for Episodic Medium, where I do my uh, Abbott Elementary reviews and my classic coverage of The O.C., currently in season two. Misha Barton and Olivia Wilde are making out right now, guys. I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> and you can listen to uh, my podcasts. Uh, well, no, just now, just one. I produce another. Uh, I have a, a podcast on uh, the Vampire Diaries universe called The Empire Diaries. Again, all those links are on my social media. You can find what I'm doing over there. And you can find me at Hal Lublin on all social media. And if there's anything going on, I'll tell you about it there. I promise. Danielle? Um, yeah, samesies. You can find me at Hal Lublin on all social No, you can find me at Danielle Radford on all social media. Uh, again, if you can, if you are a subscriber to Dropout, which I highly suggest, it is very, very fun. My episode of I'm um, actually should be coming out pretty soon. Um, but so go watch that. I answer questions; they're funny, and I've got a bunch of other stuff coming out. So when that happens, I will let you all know. Love you, smooches. Bye. Our producer is the pun of a plumber, Julian Burrell. Senior producer <laughs> of Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all the Max Fun members that keep this show going. Keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels. You'll find those in the show notes. Find our Tights and Fights WrestleMania shirt at maxfunstore.com and celebrate Ice Cream Christmas all year long. 
We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Here comes the pain, bow to the masters, this is a podcast, they are podcasters, Max Fun's the network, Dyson Fights is the name. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.